often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 502. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht. <laughs> I got a cough drop in my mouth. I'm still getting over the fucking sinus infection that I've had for like two weeks. Two, two weeks. It's all like total recall and shit, man. Fucking two weeks. Uh... It'll be, it'll be over two weeks if I have it by Sunday. This is Friday as I'm recording this. Going a little early. little early. I guess I'm probably going to post this tomorrow if I remember, which is Saturday. Just Saturday. <laughs> Hopefully I remember that. As uh, not a great idea, but I'm running a race on Sunday. The half marathon. I had to skip out on a fuck ton of my training the last like two months for the run. And uh was gonna do a full marathon now it's a half and it's only so it's only half a bad idea. Only half a bad idea. So maybe I only half wish I'm dead come Monday. Uh <laughs> half wish. Son of a bitch. Uh so yeah, I got that to look forward to. Uh so so excited about that. Uh, maybe maybe I'll pass on it though. But I've been doing strength training. The reason you know I've been uh, missing uh, a lot of the training and stuff is because of injuries and uh, muscle related injuries. Though the last, I guess, almost two weeks now, pretty much the time I've been sick, I've been doing some strength training around my knees, working on that, and it seems like it's made. A difference, but it's probably too little too late to really help me much during the race. Let's say maybe, you know, a couple months down the road, I'll be uh, back to some good shape instead of uh, feeling like shit and uh, overweight. <laughs> but then who knows? Who knows what happens in a couple of months? Who knows? Uh, I do know this. Uh, something happened at the Oscars, something, I'm not sure what it was. I heard something happened. I don't know, maybe, did you hear something? I don't know, it's like, uh, almost like half, half the, uh, the name of this podcast is Slap something? Something about a slap. I'm not sure. There is, uh, I don't know. It makes me think about Bel Air for some reason. Um, something about a fresh prince, some kind of royalty, a fresh prince, maybe? Maybe there was, uh, some rock involved? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> it. I feel like there was something mentioned about it on the internet, like, a million times over. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I found it funny at first. That, uh, I mean, of all people, Will Smith is going to go smack, get up on stage and smack somebody at the Oscars. It's, you know, he he got jiggy with it-ish. I don't know. I guess that's what jiggy means. We fi- I finally found out what getting jiggy with it means. It means get on stage and slap a comedian. Uh, 
I mean, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. But then now I'm fucking tired of hearing about it. Because that's like, uh, oh, this is this changes everything. This is, uh... yeah, I'm not sure that it really changes anything. It probably kind of hurts Will Smith, although it sounds like he's keeping in his award that he's not really going to pay any price over it, you know? I mean, it was, you know, not a great joke, but uh, it, it, that's kind of what happens when you're sitting in the audience at, say, the Oscars or or something where somebody's on stage telling jokes and you're one of the most famous people in the room. It's, uh, uh, sometimes uh, shit gets thrown your way. And, uh, <laughs> fucking, where was DJ Jazzy Jeff? He should have stepped in. Like, Will, what's up, man? Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems like maybe something's going on. Will, Will Smith, man, he's got some He's got some family issues, it sounds like. He's, he's a little strung out, man. I don't know. I mean, I don't pay too much attention to it, but it sounds like uh, more than I gather for him and uh, the wife, the missus, of, uh, I guess they have an open relationship. I don't know. That's just what I've heard, and there's maybe some issues there. or but he's, he's just, you know, he's got a lot going on, a little stressed out, a little stressed out, and he's uh, slapping, slapping, not, not a box. He's going out and slapping Chris Rock. Love me some Chris Rock. I'm going to get you, sucker. I mean, that was one of his early roles. That, that might have been before he was on Saturday Night Live. He's only in that for like, I don't know, a fucking minute. But it's just, if you haven't seen I'm Going to Get You Suck, it's fucking Keenan Ivory Waynes who created it in living color. And uh, <laughs> made a little movie called I'm Going to Get You Suck. It's a spoof on all the old black exploitation movies uh, like Shaft. And all that good shit from, uh, you know, back in the 70s and whatnot. And uh, (laughs) there's a scene where uh, Chris Rock comes into this restaurant that Isaac Hayes, I believe it's Isaac Hayes that's in there. It's his restaurant. And uh, (laughs) Chris Rock comes in there and he's like, wants to order ribs. And he's like, how much for a rib? Order ribs. And then he tells him, oh, shit, I have one rib. He's like, that's an order of ribs. like, no, 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 no. One, not an order of ribs. I want one rib. <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, everything's just like pinching pennies with him. And he's like, uh, something to the effect of, uh, he, uh, he asked him how much for the soda. He's like, fuck. How about you? Fuck the cup, like you, uh, you know, pour the soda in my hand. I give you a quarter or a nickel or some shit like that. And then eventually, you know, the joke is that at the end, he uh, asks if he's got change for a hundred. He pulls out just a wad of hundred hundreds after he's like, uh, you know, asks him to pay like a nickel and shit for uh, the soda and whatever. But I don't know. His delivery is just is just great in that. <laughs> just a very young Chris Rock. Um, but, uh, man, I would love to see Chris Rock live. So some stand-up comedy with him is apparently it costs a fortune now because after Will Smith slapped the shit out of him, it's hard to see Chris Rock. Cause like all his shows sold out and I heard some of the tickets were going for like 750 bucks, man. 750. Fuck me. He's going to have more than, like, one wad of hundos 
This pocket after that. Some bitch. Maybe he deserves it. Chris Rock's good. Love me some Chris Rock. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to try not to talk about that really at all. But, I mean, it's it's in our name in the Slapbox podcast. Slap. It's the slap. It sucks. Man, what really sucks, I think, for Chris Rock, I mean, <laughs> is the fact that now he's going to be in fucking like every meme until the end of time. That picture of Will Smith smacking Chris Rock is already on like a thousand memes. Or a hundred thousand at this point. Shit. It's it's been o- almost a week by the time I'm recording this. Ah, but uh the big news is and I've been talking about this particular news for a while on the podcast. And um, it's not a wise financial decision for me. (laughs) Uh, But I did it anyway. (laughs) Um, The other day, a certain someone, a certain guitarist, released a product. A certain guitarist that I just saw in concert the day after my birthday. That certain some would be a Mr. Adam Jones of Tool released, or shall I say Gibson released, the Adam Jones signature uh, Les Paul standard as opposed to the Gibson custom shop model that uh you know cost either 6000 or i don't know it's 100000 now it's going for <laughs> initially the the VOS aged or there was the VOS and then there was like the aged or whatever i don't know the aged one and signed was like uh initially like $13000 i last i heard it was, you could get one for around 20 maybe it's probably over that now <laughs> but you know the standard it's it's not not quite as nice, not quite as nice as uh, as uh, the custom shops uh, brands. Which actually there is three of them now because they had a version two. That one was also six thousand dollars. It had a uh, little Seymour Duncan uh, in the old bridge, and there was a there was a Gibson pickup. In the uh, neck pickup, and I'm not sure what that one was. But, you know, I don't know that Adam Jones knows what his neck pickup in his seven, original 79 Les Paul is because I don't think he ever really uses it. There might be, like, one song in his career <laughs> that he might have switched over to that bridge or the neck pickup. I feel like, well, you know, maybe Fear Inoculum. He might flip it over for a, a, a bit. But there's really, he's really rocking that bridge pickup, you know. But uh, the the custom shop model, they went back and they got the actual Seymour Duncan and found uh, the woman who wound his pickup in uh, his main 1979 Les Paul. And I believe she was retired. I could be wrong on that. I do not know her name. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, but, uh, they, like, they got her to, uh, make these pickups for the, uh, custom shop ones 
from what I understand. And, you know, that had to cost uh, a nice little penny. Um, I think I think you can get a hold of Seymour Duncan's, like, custom shop, though, if you want to get one of those or a variation of it. Probably not by her, but uh, of that same, like, a sort of the same pickup there. I think is the DDJ is what uh, he uh, would use for a bridge pickup. Um, but now the standard Les Paul has got a Gibson, uh, basically made a cheaper version of the same pickup, which is to say cheaper as the Les Paul standard Gibson model is the, uh, $3,000. And, uh, well, um, I don't have $3,000 laying around. I mean, we make so much, so much money. I mean, I live in the penthouse now, but the penthouse is ex- expensive. I mean, uh, there's, there's no really, there's, we've kind of lost all of our sponsors on the Slapbox podcast, so it's, you know, it's a little rough these days, I guess, but, you know, I find a way to make the, make do with the penthouse. Um, <laughs> we don't, we don't have adult pet finder anymore. They're not, uh, sponsoring the old show. Or uh, reach around jumpers. That was the skydiving place, I believe, we had for a bit. <laughs> uh, never had a commercial for those. Well, I think, believe we meant to, just never got around to making a commercial for reach around jumpers. Uh, we got you. It's uh, jumping out from behind. I don't know what their tagline would be, but, you know, something, something about behind. We got your back. I don't know. Uh... Pounding you from behind, maybe? Uh, anywho. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't have $3,000 laying around. So uh, what I did, he finally uh, uh, announced it was coming out. And, uh, you know, I thought about just tossing it on my normal credit card. But I've got a lot... I'd rather not say how much debt on there, but there's quite a bit of debt on my credit card. And uh, I didn't want to balloon my payments obscenely. Uh, so I went through Musician's Friend, and uh, I got a credit card through there, <laughs> which the max limit on there just happened to be $3,000. But there's a promotional offer that uh, for 48 months... Or I can, uh, let's say, uh, with uh, buying said guitar, um, I can get the payments down to $63 a month for f- for uh, 48 months, which is like four years, right? Yeah, four years. And so, like, I mean, that hurt. The- so I guess for four years, I'm going to be paying $63 a month. So, uh, so yeah, I've got the, uh, it's not here yet, but, um, I've ordered a Adam Jones Gibson Les Paul standard and, uh, it's got, uh, it does have the antique silver burst on there. Now, when they announced it, that they were doing the, the, uh, the standard, when he teased it and everything, nobody really knew 
because this was like 18, 19 months ago or whatever that they teased at the fact that there would be a standard model and there would be an Epiphone. The Epiphone's probably not coming out till May, maybe the end of the year or next year. They haven't announced that yet. It'll be a lot less than $3,000, or at least, at least a third of that. But uh, they <laughs> they didn't say whether or not it was going to have like the antique silver burst because if you're familiar with Adam Jones's uh, Les Paul that he's played forever, he's seventy nine, and uh, he's got several of them actually. And uh, since it's seventy nine, they have a lacquer. Uh, the lacquer they use is nitrocellulose. Uh, cellulose lacquer and uh, that's what like higher end guitars use like Gibson with the metallic silver burst with the nitrocellulose lacquer over time especially when sunlight is directly hitting it for a long period of time it will start to yellow and turn greenish and his looks if you look at it looks a little green a little green, um, which I'm looking at a picture of the eight, his uh, main one right there, right there, and it's kind of greenish, although it's kind of hard to tell. It's a dark picture. It's got it doesn't look silverish. I mean, there's like a metallic feel to it, but uh, I didn't know whether or not they would uh, do that on the standard model. But apparently, they have. Although with the standard model, they don't have. Um, the silver burst isn't all the way around the guitar. On the custom shop, it's all it's on the back, it's on the neck, it's on the headstock. Or well, no, I guess it's not quite on the headstock, but <laughs> but it's all, or at least on the I think it's on the back of the headstock, but on the front of it. Um, but they've got it, the silver burst all over, and. Uh, the uh, the standard only has it on the front of the guitar, and then it's black the rest of the way. So I guess I'll have to live with that. But it's a Gibson guitar. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Pretty, pretty fucking excited about it. Um, and I say this, and I feel like I'm kind of a da- asshole here, because <laughs> my Epiphone Les Paul that I've had since, like, I don't know, 2000, 2001? I probably bought it about shit ninety ninety thousand. I guess it was two thousand maybe. So we've been together, a little Epi over here, and I. We've been together for you know, over two decades. I put some little TLC in it the last couple of years, trying to you know get the new wiring, new pickups, locking tuners in the headstock that I drilled in myself. And I've been playing her a lot, although the, the need needs to get the wiring fixed again because the I didn't do such a hot job on wiring the uh, ground wire in there, and uh, I had no luck really fixing it. So the so the neck pickup's not working again. Bridge works though, and I mainly use that. So, but we you know we've gotten reacquainted. I spent a long time with just keeping her in a in a case and not not. Uh, not using her for a long time because the wiring was bad, shorted out a lot, 
and uh, went a lot of years where we just didn't talk a whole lot. You know, we had a, we had a rough, a very rough lot. Of, I don't know, like seventeen years. <laughs> it was a long period of time where uh, where we just we just we were together, but you know, we weren't talking. We lived in the same place. But, you know, things have gotten, like, in the last couple of years, we were, uh, you know, since the pandemic hit, we were, uh, I mean, I was stroking her again, all up and down the neck, strumming it, strumming it, picking at the strings, just loving it, loving it. Got that semi-hollow body, the the resonating, the, the way the notes resonate out of there with that semi-hollow body, it's nice. It's nice. It's real nice. I mean, there's some issues, you know, I'm going to say. It's, uh, <laughs> she's, uh, you know, she's kind of old now. Got some issues. She's kind of looking at me, though, at, uh, at the phone over there. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, now that I, I feel bad for talking, but, uh, yeah, I've got a, uh, <clears throat> I guess, a younger model uh, that uh, cost a lot more. It's, uh, shall we say, uh, you know, it's expensive. And uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time together. Uh, and uh, I don't know that I'm going to fix that uh, old Epiphone for a while. It's going to probably be neglected. It's going to, I don't know what I'm going to, what's going to happen with that guitar. I mean, I'm going to keep her. We've been together for a long time. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm, with my guitars, it's become an R. Kelly situation, but I feel like they still want to be with me, the guitars, that is. It's not like I'm forcing them to be here. I mean, there's no lock on the door. They could do what they want. I'd rather not somebody not steal them from me, but, uh, I mean, if they can. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I probably will tune it to some other tuning. Like some, uh, then maybe if I want to like try some like heavier tunings, like maybe, I don't know, try to learn some, uh, system of a down or some shit where it's, uh, cause I believe they do some strange tunings or maybe try some slipknot or some shit, really tune it down. I will have to get a setup done on that sucker though. If I want that, I already have a lot of buzz in the low E and stuff. I start doing some real low tunings and weird shit. I'll have to. I'll have to get some shit done on that bad boy before it uh, before it plays right. But uh, I've been working on some, learning some tool, more of it. Because I mean, I kind of have to with getting uh, Adam Jones signature. I it would feel weird <laughs> playing anything but tool on there. I mean, I have the Tom Morello signature Strat that. Uh, I don't play any tool on because I keep it in standard tuning. <laughs> um, oh, well, no, I guess I tried to play Maynard's Dick on there because that's in standard. It's like the one tool song that has standard tuning. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I try to, you know, play a lot of uh, Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave on that bad boy because it's, it's Tom Morello, you know? But I'll, I'll play other stuff on there. I'll whip out some Hendrix and stuff. I feel like Tom will, Tom will be okay with that. And he was, of course, in a band in high school with Mr. Adam Jones and uh, Mary Morello, Tom Morello's uh, mother, actually taught Adam uh, 
in school she was i believe an english teacher and uh they were lived uh, somewhere in illinois i don't recall where but uh fun fact so i don't think you know if i play killing in the name of on this new les paul that uh that Adam would mind too much either. So, like, you know, I can play maybe variate a little bit from, say, playing nothing but Tool. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I've got that going on. <laughs> uh, as, uh, th- that's one more thing the bank's going to come and take from me whenever I, I, I leave this place because I, I, at this rate... It's highly unlikely that I won't have a lot of debt when I go. <laughs> and that there will be some kind of just auction to sell off all my shit. Because it used to be, you know, every time I'd leave the country, it was like, hey, let's uh, let's do a Russian roulette to see who uh, wins my shit if I die when I leave. Now it's like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure what's going to happen. Um... The bank's just going to come and like, okay, because I'm not married or anything and I don't have any children and uh, they can't really, you know, come after my, uh, you know, uh, family for the the debt. They'll just uh, come and try to take my shit, I would imagine. I don't know. (laughs) Because the bank owns my house and all that. They will, uh, I don't know. I don't know what happens with that. I guess having an estate sale, <laughs> trying to collect their debt. I'm not sure how that works. Maybe that's not how it works. Either way, we could still have a roulette of sorts to see who gets the Les Paul and then just hide it from the bank. Just take it when I die and then, you know, hide it. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather just burn up with me, really. Just put it, uh, nah, nah, that would be wrong. That would be wrong. <laughs> Like, I want to get cremated when I die, but it just seems really wrong to just burn up a guitar like that that's worth a lot of money. I mean, it's no custom shop model, but it is still a lot for a guitar, you know? Still a lot. Which makes me think of some of the crazy guitars that have, like, auctioned off for, like, millions of dollars. Like, uh, the number one being, uh, I believe I talked about this before quite a while back. Um, it was uh, Kurt Cobain's guitar that he used on uh, Nirvana Unplugged. That was uh, a year or two ago. Um, and uh, guitar at auction. There was a. Uh, Twenty. Oh, I don't know who that is. Terry Kath. There we go. This is. Well, this isn't including it. That's uh. uh this is a little bit too old, I think, to 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 mention it. Yeah, Eric Clapton's Blackie, which sold for nine hundred fifty-nine thousand. This is the top ten as of twenty twenty-one, I believe. There's a twenty November of twenty twenty-one. So I think this does have the Kurt Cobain one on there. They re- they sold the original Les Paul, I believe. Um, or it was like one of the original ones that Les Paul, the actual Les Paul, had 
and it I don't think it's would go on this list. I don't think it's sold like insanely high. But yeah, Blackie at the time said this was in 2004. So it sold for 959,000 and set a world record auction price at the time. But now barely scrapes in the top 10. Um then uh, Bob Dylan's is above that. That's kind of surprising to me. 1965 Fender Strat. It's got the sunburst on it, which from looks, I gotta say, looks better than Blackie. Although I like the neck way better on Blackie, and you can tell, man, Clapton uses his a lot more. It is a uh, <laughs> that neck looks like it's been played, man. It's got like the uh, like maple neck. There's no rosewood like fretboard, you know. And uh, I like that when it's. I guess that's maple. I don't know what. It's made from, but uh, it is not rosewood on the fretboard, which I prefer that. The uh, actually the uh, Adam Jones Les Ball Standard actually has got an ebony one. I'm I'm interested to feel how that plays. One thing that drives me crazy about rosewood is it's kind of grainy, and when you bend strings on it, feel like it. <sighs> It drags on there, like the grain, like the strings get kind of stuck in the the grains of it. Whereas it's like a real smooth, like maple neck, or whatever oak. I don't know whatever the fuck you know <laughs> they got going on there. And uh, if it's like a smooth one, and then it just like just slides across. It's great. But uh, David Gilmore's Martin D thirty five in twenty nineteen sold for over a mil. Uh, $1,095,000. It was in 2003. Uh, <clears throat> man, that's... <laughs> At the time, David Gilmore told BBC Radio's uh, 4's Desert Island Discs his Martin D35 was the one luxury item he'd want if he were stranded at sea. It's the best guitar I own, he said. It's the guitar that's always by my side. Uh, I've written just about every piece of music using that guitar. My ideas come through that guitar. Most prominently heard on Wish You Were Here, it was used on every Pink Floyd album from Dark Side of the Moon to the final cut in 1983. The 1969 D35 proved not to be entirely indispensable, however, as Gilmore auctioned it to benefit the charity Climate Earth. That is a nice pretty... Pr- Penny. And then Dwayne Allman's 57 Gibson Les Paul. I feel like I probably read over this list before. But that one sold in Dallas in 2019 for shit. 1.25 million. Is holy shit. Uh and that's the that's a gold top, buddy. 57 gold top. Uh not P90s in it, I don't think. Um uh, it was used on the first two Allman Brother albums as well as Derek and the Domino's Layla, which I think that's what puts it over the top there. Playing on Layla is what gets it there. Um, <clears throat> apparently Dwayne had traded it for a Sunburst model. Um, oh, which he kept the uh, pickups from the Sunburst and put it in the, the gold top. That's why it doesn't have the P90s. I guess. Because I think initially the gold tops are the P90s. Maybe I'm wrong in that. 
but uh do um and number six here Gilmore's 54 fender strat now that one looks nice that one does look <laughs> nice I don't know if it looks this nice one point eight one million eight hundred and fifteen thousand son of a bitch no rosewood maple or no rosewood uh, fretboard there it's got that fucking nice maple wherever the fuck that is uh, fretboard there and uh it look it's like a white and it looks aged that looks like it was played a lot it's a uh, Here's a guitar that would have been collectible even without the Pink Floyd provenance. Its serial number is number 0001. Makes it confusingly not the very first Strat. That was number 0100. But nevertheless, among the first pre-production Strats given to Fender and Dorsey's. The first owner was country star Rex Galleon, and en route to Gilmore, it was owned by Seymour Duncan. Wow. The fact it was also used to record the Nile Rodgers-esque rhythm parts on another brick in the wall was just a bonus. Auctioneer Christie's guide price of one hundred to 150000 proved unnecessarily pessimistic. Well, you're not kidding there. Son of a bitch. That's a great-looking fucking guitar Early run fucking strat. That's pretty awesome. This one's kind of surprising. Right? Jerry Garcia's Wolf. I mean, it's a crazy looking guitar. <laughs> that uh, sold in New York in 2017 for 1.9 mil. Which I'm wondering, is there a Jerry Garcia conspiracy like going around? Because here in Washington, Washington, Missouri, that is. Um... <laughs> There's a lot of stickers of Jerry Garcia with hamburgers in it. Uh, is there like a Jerry Garcia? Maybe I talked about this on a podcast recently. I meant to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't think I ever did. But there is a... <clears throat> no, there's multiple Jerry's conspiracy. I'm not seeing any like... Uh, Anything new about it, maybe. Huh. There is a... Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Jerry Garcia. Let's see. Stickers. Let's find out. Maybe if I just look up... (laughs) I don't know what's going on. This just must be somebody here in town that's doing some weird shit with Jerry Garcia. But there's definitely some Jerry Garcia like shit going. It's it's weird because there's like hamburgers also on the sticker, but I don't know that the hamburgers look like they were nesh- and they're like cartoon looking hamburgers. I don't know. I feel like somebody's really fucking with me going around town putting all these Jerry Garcia stickers. I got nothing against Jerry Garcia. It's just a little weird that all these somebody went around town and putting Jerry Garcia stickers up, like all over. And odd places. Like, or my bank. There's a fucking Jerry Garcia. By the Jerry Garcia, though, they also put, like, a, a sticker of, like, two stick figures fucking, I think. Something along those natures. Something, some kind of lewd thing next to that. I don't know that that was the same person, though, because the other spots I've seen these Jerry Garcia stickers, I've seen all their sticker with it. I feel like that might just be some other sticker happy person. I hope so. <laughs> uh 
but it, it has definitely got my 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 brain um <laughs> wondering uh but uh yeah that's a weird looking guitar it's got some interesting inlays on there on the wolf and the shit the fucking knobs on this thing there's knobs and switches i don't know what all is going on here it's the only guitar here not built by a major manufacturer. The Wolf was Luthier Doug Irwin's bespoke creation for the Grateful Dead guitarist using laminated maple and purple heart. An incredibly stiff South American wood, Irwin invented an instrument with a new shape, hardware, and controls. An ingenious plate system allowed pickup systems to be dropped in and out. Oh, that's sweet. Okay. and But, uh... While two outputs let Garcia run his effects loop separately and switch it from the guitar. Iconic to Deadheads, the Wolf was the flagship of a Grateful Dead auction that raised $3.2 million for civil rights charity, the Southern Poverty Law Center. And then this one, oh shit, yeah, this one deserves to be on the list here. John Lennon's Gibson J160E. Ooh, man. Ooh, baby. 2.4 mil. All over in L.A. in 2015. Oh, shit. Uh, need we say more? That was... Yeah. A lot of great songs on that one. A lot of the early Beatles stuff right there. I want to hold your hand. All kinds of shit. Um, number three is Reach Out to Asia. It's Fender Strat. It was sold in Qatar in 2005 for $2.7 2. Nick hears that it was never owned by a superstar. That's why I thought the reach out to Asia Strat was auctioned for victims of the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. It was a humble Mexican standard. Oh, Mexican standard. It's not even American made. Mexican standard Strat bearing the signatures of Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Eric Clapton, Brian May, Jimmy Page, David Gilmore, Jeff Beck, Pete Townsend, Mark Knopfler, Ray Davies, Liam Gallagher, Ronnie Wood, Tony Iommi. Angus and Malcolm Young, Paul McCartney, Sting, Richie Blackmore, Def Leppard, and Brian Adams. New Made in Mexico Strats sold for around $350 in 2005, making this objectively the most overpriced axe of all time. And it looks like it has a rosewood fucking fretboard. You fuckers. I'm paying $2.7 million and I'm getting a rosewood fretboard. You sons of bitches. <laughs> Number two, of course, David Gilmore with another one, man. David Gilmore's just... Does he just, like, sneeze on the guitar and it all of a sudden goes up to, like, six to seven figures? Is that how that works? His Black Fender Strat, which is a nice-looking guitar. I think his other one was nicer-looking. I don't know about, you know, I'd have to play... I don't know what the pickup situation is and all of those, what the difference in sounds are, so... But I don't think that probably makes a difference on this price. It's more of what they recorded with it. Um, but shit, in New York, this in 2019, sold for $3,975,000. Son of a bitch. You could buy quite a few strats for $4 bucks, but perhaps none quite as special as this one. Your local vintage dealer might tell you modified guitars are worth less, but the Black Strat went for the price of a Beverly Hills mansion, despite having been thoroughly messed about. It came with a sales receipt for three, the three custom pickups wound by Seymour Duncan for Gilmore. And, of course, the famous shortened whammy bar. Oh, you know, I didn't even 
notice that. But yeah, it is short. And that's weird. Uh, this is the guitar from the Comfortably Numb solo. Gilmore's number one from 1970 to 86. Journalists gasped at the price, but guitarists knew we'd have bought it if we had the money. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> if I had $4 million to burn, I don't know that I'd spend it on a guitar. I mean, I'd like me some Pink Floyd and all, but I, you know, maybe. Maybe if it was like a Hendrix. Maybe, but uh, man, I'd have to have like, I'd have to have like 200 mil just floating around where, you know, okay, 4 million. Uh, all right. I mean, I'd have to be in like the top 1% or some shit. I'd have to be like a billionaire before I'd, yeah, fuck it. All right. Uh, but <laughs> number one, which this is, this is insane. Kurt Cobain's Martin D, uh, 180E, 18E. There's, uh, Sold in L.A. in 2020 during the height of the pandemic. Sold for $6 million, $6,010,000. The summer of the pandemic of 2020. During lockdown, y'all. There wasn't much to do apart from play guitar and bid on online auctions, which might be why Kurt's guitar so comprehensively smashed all records. The D18E was supposed or was used for Nirvana's Immortal MTV Unplugged set. Fucking amazing set, by the way. Including the goosebump raising cover of Bowie's The Man Who Sold the World. Because that gig was televised and universally lauded, this iconic instrument is indelibly associated with Kurt Cobain. Rode microphones owner Peter Friedman was the man with the dented wallet after the auction. He was promised to uh he has promised to exhibit the guitar on a world tour, although COVID-19 has thus far scrapped that plan. But this is uh, a little old. Um, maybe that's back on. I th- That guitar was originally somebody else's. Um, I had to look, look more into that, but there was uh, like an old blues guy, I believe, is whose guitar that originally was. Um. There is a uh, here we go. Here's some shit on it. Um, but uh, Kurt bought the Martin in late '93 at Voltage Guitars in L.A. Just a few months prior to the unplugged gig, it is actually a pretty rare guitar, produced only for a year in the late '50s, and it was one of the earliest Martins to feature electric pickups. Kurt's guitar serial number one five five eight six four was just number seven out of three hundred two. According to Julian's, regarding mods on Kurt's guitar, apparently stock DeArmond pickups didn't sound very good with bronze wound strings that Kurt was using, so the guitar was fitted with the Bartolini 3AV sound hole pickup, which Kurt already tried out on his Epiphone Texan. Oh, so I, I don't get Yeah, it wasn't an old blues player. I know he tried to get Lead Belly's guitar, but I don't think he could because, like, during that concert, he was talking about trying to get David Geffen to get him the guitar. I think that's what's confusing me here. But, uh, <coughs> oh, shit, he did a Lead Belly cover, I believe, on there, right? But, uh, the guitar day, after Kurt's passing, it seems that the guitar ended up with his daughter, Frances Bean Cobain. However, it was uh, kept at the secret vault in Seattle together with the rest of Kurt's belongings. According to TMZ, in 2018, the guitar ended up with Isaiah Silva, Frances' ex-husband, as part of the divorce settlement agreement. 
That was a mistake. Soon after, it was auctioned through Julian's and ended up with Rode Microphones founder Peter Friedman. Final price was $6 million, which makes this guitar the most expensive guitar ever sold through auction at the time of writing this. Oh, man. That's a crazy-looking guitar. I mean, it <laughs> it doesn't scream out $6 million. Um, Some weird shit with spoons, like, laying next to it. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> it's an auction house thing, I guess. I don't know. Now, that, like, man, I feel weird playing a guitar that, you know, I'm going to feel weird touching this Gibson that I got coming in. Knowing that it's like three thousand dollars, like that's that's a, that's a lot for a guitar. To me, that's a lot. That's that's an insane amount. I remember looking at those musician friends magazines when I was first learning the guitar, like fifteen, sixteen years old, <laughs> and looking at those pictures of Les Pauls, like the Gibson, the real deal, Holyfield, Les Pauls. I don't remember what the price tags were on them back then, but they were way out of my price range at that point already. And, uh, like, thinking, like, shit, I don't know that I'll ever be able to own one of these. Of course, back then I thought at some point I was going to become rich and famous. Though, you know, I'm not dead yet. Maybe that'll happen. <laughs> but uh, it was like looking at, uh, I would just stare at them drool. It's like I was looking at porn. I might as well have had my dick in my hand and just, like, been joeing. Just jerking it, jerking it, jerking it, jerking it. Now I'll finally get one. Now we will finally get one. I've never even touched a Gibson Les Paul. Because going to a guitar shop, it always, like, I didn't want to even, like, ask to play one. Because I, like, I didn't want, like, it, it was like, you know, if you're just fall in love with, like, the most beautiful girl like in in high school, like you're the uh, like the <laughs> nerdiest kid, and just like no one will look at you, and all of a sudden you just you know look at the most beautiful creature in the world there, and and knowing that she will never even look your direction, it's like I I don't even want to ask to test drive it, you know, I don't want to even like say hi to her, <laughs> it's just, it costs too much. <laughs> Uh, it's probably really high maintenance, you know? But now here we go, and I'm going to get to do all kinds of stuff with her. I'm going to be all up in it, all up in the bubble. As uh, I started watching, I haven't finished I'm like an hour into the bubble on Netflix, the Judd Apatow's new movie. It's pretty good. It's about uh, filming a movie in the pandemic. It's got Pedro Pascal, David Duchovny. I'm looking back at uh, Agent Mulder here, who's been very kind to me during this podcast. He has knocked me out a whole hell of a lot. Um, he's been real cool lately. We're getting uh, we're getting along pretty good, pretty long, at least the last couple of days. <laughs> um, because in what's I think really done it. Going back to uh, uh, the cat here for a minute. I've been wa- having to watch more of the YouTube videos for cats. I don't remember if I mentioned this before in the podcast, but or yeah, I guess I did because I think I had him watching <laughs> one of the videos during the last one or one of the last ones on the podcast, trying to get him to you know chill out, mellow out. But I've been switching up the videos, been finding what videos he likes more, 
And man, holy shit, these fucking videos for cats. And some of these, like, he gets, like, jacked up. Like, he's, like, on fucking crack, dude. He is, like, Jones, and he's, like, fucking... Give me, I need the heroin. Shoot it in my arm. Shoot it in my arm. <laughs> he's all chattering. If you don't, you like, the cats, they chatter. Like, when they, they like, click the teeth and shit. When they, uh, like, see, like, mice and birds. He will fucking lose his mind. Uh... <laughs> But you look at these videos for these cats, man. They've got like hundreds of thousands of views. Some of them have like millions of views. And it's it's a big thing because cat owners, when, I mean, especially you got like a young cat and there's like really fucking energetic cat. You know, they, they, they're always going to feel like they, they need to hunt all that shit. And uh, owners will put the shit on so that, you know, gives get this, the shit out of their system a bit. And they'll do that while they go to work. So these vid- these videos are like, some of them are like eight, ten hours long. And owners just, you know, put it on, go, while they go to the works, you know. And uh, the cats will get bored of the same video. So, you know, these people that produce these videos will put out new videos like almost on a weekly basis. And man, when you're getting like a hundred thousand views or more on YouTube, you're starting to make some good revenue. I'm just saying, (laughs) I think I may have to start making YouTube videos for cats. I don't know that they're all going to like Adam Jones guitar uh, stuff, but I feel like maybe I might have to play some guitar in the background. It's probably not a good idea. I'll just maybe stick to sounds of birds in the background. I don't know what I'd film. I thought about it. Like, should I just, uh, I mean, I have some friends that have some places where I could maybe put a GoPro or something. But this, the problem is I'd have to spend more money that I don't have to get set up because I don't have, like, a GoPro or something that I could fucking record video, like, outside, or I'd have to get some mice or have a friend that has some mice and set some shit up, you know? It's going to require spending more money, money of which I don't have at the moment because the penthouse is expensive. (laughs) And I have an Adam Jones guitar on the way, which still I'm not sure when I'm going to get it yet. Um, There was a lot of action around this. A lot of people pre-ordered this thing like a fucking over a year ago through uh, Sweetwater, Musicians, Friends, that sort of things. And, you know, they filled those orders, I believe, like right away. Those people that pre-ordered a long fucking time ago. I waited till the day it was released. And it just says you could reserve it at the time. So it doesn't say, and it was like on back order. Didn't say when... That was coming in, but I actually talked to um, uh, Carol from uh, Musicians Friend. Carol Knapp, there's a hyphen. I don't remember. I think Knapp Hill might be her name. Uh, she uh, helped me with the order, and uh, very nice woman. Uh, she was very nice, uh, and she helped me get the uh, get the order in place. And she informed me that at first she was hearing they weren't going to get until like September. Fuck, fuck, I mean, at least I have a date and I know when I get it, but it's several months out yet. But she got an email from somebody else 
stating that it's April 7th, which is next Thursday. So that would ah, still, oh, I wish I could just, you know, get it. I'm hoping I get it next Thursday. Where were they? It ships next Thursday. I paid two-day shipping, so maybe I'd get it that weekend. Maybe. I'm not really sure where it's shipping from, so, so there's that. Um, But, man, shit, it would be great to uh, <laughs> you know make cat videos, going back to that, as I keep getting distracted thinking about this Les Paul standard. And uh, my old Epiphone still staring at me in just disgust. It's like, fuck you, fuck you, go ahead, fuck her, stroke her, stroke her neck. Strummer strings, you fucking asshole. I wish Will Smith was here to slap the shit out of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what I was going to get to, though, with the Adam Jones stuff, the guitar, why I was thinking about that in the cat videos is uh, Agent Mulder here does seem to actually enjoy some Tool. I was learning some Stinkfest last night and playing a lot of that, uh, the music video and stuff over and over again, and um, trying to get it down. And uh, Agent Mulder was grooving with it, and I uh, was playing a uh, vocal coach reacting to uh, 46 and 2, and he really seemed to like 46 and 2. His tail was going back and forth. Man, he's chilling. I might have to play Tool for him every night. I mean, he's fucking cool as shit right now. And he can be a little ornery fuck at times. <laughs> Maybe it was the Tool, not so much the mu the the other videos. And it should just always get some Adam Jones stuff going for him. And that'll that'll uh, tucker him out. I don't know what it is, but he's he's being super cool. Super cool. Maybe, I mean, I talked to him about my idea about making the videos. Maybe that's exciting to him. I, I thought, like, you know, if uh, I were to do it, I mean, he's going to be, in the end, <laughs> who decides on if it's a good video or not before I, like, that's how I'm going to judge. Is this a good idea? Like, what do you think, Fox? What do you think, Agent Mulder? What do you think, man? He's wagging his tail. I think he likes the idea of doing this. Maybe just the idea of me having mice in the house. He's like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do this. I need a little snack. I don't know that I want to get the mice. I don't want to have to take care of Also, you know, get food for the mice and shit. I'd rather just find somebody that had things. I have some friends that, you know, have animals like that. Maybe they'd let me film. You know, maybe I'd have to cut them in some of the action and stuff, but... uh. <laughs> Oh, it'd be so, it'd be so fun. Although, man, it could if you want to edit the the hardest part. I think. Well, for one, I mean, you gotta have a computer, whatever you're recording with, uh, have like uh, you know, be strong enough to like record high quality video for a long period of time. That is, I mean, these people that are recording these videos, I don't know how long they're recording at a time because I feel like they're probably just maybe only recording an hour or two at a time. I don't know that they're recording full eight hours because a lot of these are like, I haven't watched a full straight eight hours on these videos to really know <laughs> what goes on. I don't think they uh, have just one thing, like you edit it, which that is going to take for fucking ever. Editing eight hours of video. I don't care how you do it. 
And, you know, the, I think the cat's going to know if you do a shitty editing job. They're going to get distracted. They're not going to give a fuck. You want a lot of action. You know, you want like a good action movie. Cats, you know, want a good action cat movie. They want lots of explosions. They want the fast mouse just flipping out and doing crazy shit. Wiggling his nose. They want to see him. They don't want to see long periods of time where you don't see anything on the screen. They want to see action and get into it. If I could also make it like a smell to come out of the TV screen somehow, that would probably get him racked up. Some catnip. <laughs> Play this video and your cat will smell catnip. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, but it's going to happen. I'm going to somehow learn to code catnip. <laughs> Put it in the in the uh, the code for the video, in the YouTube video. Put it in there somehow. Catnip. Just hit play and catnip <laughs> stinks up your house. I don't think humans can really smell catnip. I haven't noticed it, the smell at least. I mean, I didn't put my nose right up to it, but I didn't notice anything like jumping out at me. Uh, good Lord. But man, like, it is. they even have like ASMR for cats. Now that, you know, I'm going to have to. Maybe I'm going to pull some of that up. I haven't actually tried to listen to some of that or see if the cat uh, cares about ASMR for cats. Um, see if I can pull this up on the old laptop here. Uh, shit. It is uh, maybe not working out so good for the being slow. I think I need to do an update. Um, maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work. I'm just going to guess that it's not somebody talking, that it's probably just birds and like real quietly. Almost afraid to play it because he's being really cool. He just left the room. Um, <laughs> ASMR for cats. Let's see here. That's what we got. Instant feline relaxation music tested. Let's see what kind of fucking views this has got. 153,000 views. Relax My Cat is the name of this one. Uh, that's the name of the channel it is. There's another one here, ASMR for Cats by Nameless Nomad ASMR. That one's got 58,000 views. Let's see here. Let's let's hear. I imagine it's just animal sounds, but I could be wrong. Could be wrong. There's an ad. There's an ad. Of course, there's an ad. YouTube and your fucking ads. And of course, it's a Sweetwater ad for guitars and such. It knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I don't know. This is gonna relax my cat. I really thought. <laughs> Oh, come on. This is. This seems like sad music almost for like a feel bad for this animal commercial. I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Maybe if I skip ahead a little bit. This is like three hours worth. Let's go into 50 minutes. What we got? Oh, a little more epic. A little more epic. A little uplifting. Let's see if the end is. <laughs> is it just like a big crescendo? No. Nope. <laughs> these cats look ill. Like, is this for sheltered cats? I'm not sure what the video is of these cats. I mean, 
I'm I'm concerned for these cats. Okay, let's try another. Let's try another one here. That is this dude. This picture of this guy. He's got the old uh, ASMR setup. He's got the two mics. I'm guessing he does ASMR for all kinds of shit. He's just nameless nomad ASMR. He's got. Uh, it looks like he's holding a cat toy, and he's just. I imagine he's gonna he's gonna make some noise with it. Let's let's hear about from nameless nomad ASMR. <laughs> What? You love Norma Cat. I'm not a what cat. What have you been doing, silly? Why are you watching this? Because <laughs> I do a podcast, asshole. <laughs> are you being fed good? Good. If you're not a cat, I might have to try to play this for later. <laughs> Be warned. Be warned. I wasn't sure that's Fox. I think that's in the video. Hello. Oh, this guy just creeped me out. This, he gets a lot of views. Hello. Let's see. Let's see where. Let's find where he gets the toys out. Here we go. Here. Okay. That might get the cat going. Maybe. I don't know. I tried doing that shit. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. Maybe if I could make bird sounds, he could. <laughs> I've also got this tube of chapstick. Chapstick? What the fuck is? Push around. Why would cats care about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great that people make money doing this now. It's just, I mean, I've known about ASMR for quite a few years at this point, but. I, I don't think I could do this and feel like I'd feel weird about doing it, you know? I can only do it like making fun of it. Like it's hard to just do it on his home case. There's. Oh, now that maybe can get a cat. Right it's just hitting an audio wire. That's uh, that's something. I don't know about the stuff. He's got a cat toy. Oh, the the fucking cat toy of a bird's got a name, apparently. Theodore. <laughs> okay, I think I've already lost enough uh, brain cells watching that. I'm already <laughs> I'm getting kind of creeped out by this guy. I'm thinking he might love cats a little bit too much. There might be a situation where, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to think about it. There's very weird stuff going on here. I feel like he probably has, like, four cats. And he just, they, like, he thinks that, like, oh, man, they love this. He's doing weird shit for them. And they're just like, dude, I don't know. This dude's fucking weird. Just keep feeding me, man. Keep feeding me. <laughs> You're fucking weird. Although I do weird shit around my cat. I I mean, I can't, I can't judge. I can't say too much. I get it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I guess that's, that's about all I got here is, uh, I'll go ahead and wrap this bitch up since uh, I'm going to have to do a little strength training and shit and uh, yada yada. And I guess, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.